Welcome to Questions About Heaven, a podcast about giving Bible answers to our questions about the afterlife with God. Each week we seek to answer real-life questions with biblical answers about the life beyond this world. Now, here's your host, Brad Zockel. Wonderful day to you. This is Brad Zockel, and you're listening to the Questions About Heaven podcast. I thank you so much for joining me today, and as we are continuing our walk through Revelation, we see bits of heaven and we see judgments on earth, don't we? And as we go into this, I'll start in Revelation chapter 18, move through verse 4 as far as we can go in our time today on this podcast. Thanks for joining me. I really appreciate your encouragement. And I want to remind you, if you haven't partnered with us, receiving our newsletter, letting us know about you, contacting me. Well, you can contact me by writing me at brad at theheaventour.com, brad at theheaventour.com. And I would love to be able to talk with you, things on heaven. Now, I do want to uh, tell you this. There have been different emails that have come across to me And they go into subjects of which this is not our ministry. Uh, We really don't go in that direction. Somebody might ask me political questions, or they might ask some social questions, societies, ills, things along that line, which those are wonderful questions, but they're not along the line of our exact ministry here. We talk about heaven. If you want politics, things along that line, there are other avenues you can go in other podcast uh, contexts that you can make. And so I'm afraid that those are put on the very back of the list uh, in my timeline. I will receive dozens of emails a day, and I try to answer everyone as best I can. And I have been very, very uh, far behind in trying to get to answers. And so I appreciate your patience on that. But this is the Heaven Channel. It really is. We talk about uh, the questions about heaven and uh, the Heaven Tour when I travel and speak at churches and conferences and even coffee shops. Uh, That is going to be the main talk. And so if you are interested in learning more about heaven as the Bible brings it out, then this is the place that you can come and receive some of that access. But as for politics and as for social uh, situations and things, there are other fine Christian um, avenues that you can go. I also want to tell you, in case you are new, uh, you would like to know of a book that you might be able to purchase over on Amazon. You might be able to find one of our books, Heaven the Adventure Begins, or What is Heaven All About? They're available on Amazon, and a portion of that goes toward helping me in my travel expenses as I go around uh, the country. Now, February 11th, I'll be in Salisbury, Maryland. I will be speaking at Calvary Baptist Tabernacle in Salisbury, Maryland in the morning, and then going over to Bridgeville, Delaware, over to a community event held at the Sugar Shack Bakery. We're going to have a study on heaven, and it's open to everybody in the community at Sugar Shack Bakery. That's over on Seashore Highway. What a great name for a highway. Seashore Highway, and that's going to be that evening on February 11th. The following week, I'll be in Texas, and I will be at Dayton, Texas, South Dayton Baptist Church with Pastor Mike Melligan. Following and ending up February, it'll be a two-day conference. Looking forward to this. This is always fun when we have a two-day conference. There's no cost, obviously. Uh, it's a two-day conference. Heaven is Home. Heaven is Home Conference, February 24th and 25th. Saturday, the evening of the 24th, it'll be around 5.30 in the mor- uh, the evening, if I'm not mistaken, 5.30 in the evening, Eastern Standard Time. These are all Eastern Standard Times. 
and then in the... Well, now I take that back. Now, Dayton might be central, so I'm going to correct that. So it would be uh, Texas time where Dayton is. So I better make sure that, about that, okay? And uh, that's going to be on uh, the morning uh, the, uh, the morning and evening in Texas. Now, I come over to our Fayetteville, Georgia weekend. That is Eastern Standard Time. So Texas, I believe, is Central Standard Time. I'm pretty sure about that. But uh, the Eastern Standard Time that uh, we're going to be meeting on 5.30 in the evening, Eastern Standard Time, and then Sunday, we will have a morning and an evening service. And that's the, the, the whole conference is going to be held at Lisbon Baptist Church, L-I-S-B-O-N, Lisbon Baptist Church. Pastor Brian Parrish welcomes you. would love to have you come and visit. The next week after that, I'll be in California. We'll talk more about that as we open up the ministry moving into uh, the month of March. So we're looking in Revelation chapter 18. And we've been walking through the book of Revelation, written by John. Oh, it was presented to the reader about 93 AD. He's writing this in his vision on the Isle of Patmos. Revelation chapter 1 introduces who Revelation is about. This would be Jesus, and the description is magnificent. Revelation 2 and 3 are to the churches of the time, uh, exhortations and warnings, and they apply to us as well, seven churches. Two are commended, five are chastised, but in all, the overcomer is given a promise. Chapter 4 on starts the metatalta section, and that's the after this section, or the hereafter. And from Revelation chapter 4 all the way till the very end, in chapter 22, then we're talking about the, the, the future. It's going on, uh, we will see judgments on the earth, blessings in heaven, communication with God in heaven, uh, curses on earth, it goes back and forth. Revelation 17, in our earlier podcast, we were talking about the Antichrist, who was introduced in Revelation 13. He's taken over the, the, the one world religion, uh, was set up for him, he absorbs it and destroys any opposing characters that would have a religion beside himself. That's uh, displayed very clearly in Revelation 17. We come to 18, though. The world, one world religion is dissolved, and now the one world currency, the one world financial market, is now falling apart. We saw the opening of that in the first three verses in Revelation 18, and now I take you to Revelation chapter 18, verse 4. Let me read some there, and let's talk about this now as we go through Revelation chapter 18, and I'm going to read as I rotate the different uh, translations. I'm going to read from the ESV today. I'm going to start and back up into verse 3. This is talking about on the world system as the saints are in heaven right now, there are those that have been uh, coming to Christ on the earth through the work of the 144,000 missionaries. They're on the earth, but for the part of the Christians as whole, the church has been taken into heaven. So the judgments are coming and also there are those still rebelling the Antichrist is running rampant here, but things are starting to fall apart as God's judgment is becoming more and more severe. Verse 3 says, All the nations have drunk of the wine of the passion of her sexual immorality. The kings of the earth have committed immorality with her. The merchants of the earth with Babylon have grown rich from the power of her luxurious living. This is the world system of finance, Babylon. Then verse 4 says, I heard another voice from heaven saying, 
Come out of her, my people, lest you take part in her sins, lest you share in her plagues. For her sins are heaped high as heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities, which means sins. Pay her back as she herself has paid back others, and repay her double for her deeds. Mix a double portion for her in the cup she mixed. As she glorified herself and lived in luxury, so give her a like measure of torment and mourning, since in her heart she says, Sit as a queen, I'm no widow, and mourning I shall never see. For this reason her plagues will come in a single day, rapid fire plagues, death and mourning and famine, and she will be burned up with fire, for mighty is the Lord God who has judged her. So it's talking about all those who have given their lives over to the financial uh, uh, fantasy of being omnipotent in their monies are seeing it all go away. We think back of 1929 in the stock market and when it collapsed, uh, fortunes were lost uh, within days. And people that had everything then realized they had nothing. And it was a devastating thing when you read uh, through the times of those that were uh, just amazing millionaires uh, owning vast amounts of property and millions upon millions in the stock market, and it was all gone. The properties were sold, pennies on the dollar. All of these things were taken away, and suddenly someone who had the best of everything was now trying to get by like everybody else. as a great equalizer, wasn't it? What we see here, those that have lived this way are now seeing, who have given their lives over, it equates it to a prostituting of some to the system of Babylon. It's gone. It's gone. So let's go through what the judgments are having are, are, are coming on here. As the leaders are sunned, they've lost everything. But then we see in verse 4, and it tells us something very significant here. It turns to those that are of believers, and it says, Come out of her, my people. Another voice, a secondary voice in heaven, an angelic voice. Come out of her, my people, lest you take part in her sins, lest you share in her plagues. That's a significant word to us who remember what was going and those lives that were taken through the COVID uh, plague that had um, come through our areas around the country and around the world. And we, we can identify and we think, well, this isn't as bad as some of the plagues we've read about in history. But the plagues are here. They are coming. And doesn't a plague move fast? And before you know it, as it's announced, you find somebody that's sick and they fall so this is a warning there. Don't be involved in her plagues. Come out of her lest you, take, um, lest you share in her plagues. In other words, you'll become in the crossfire of this. Her sins are heaped as high as heaven. God has remembered her iniquities. Now, when we say this, we're talking about the believers, those who had come to Christ within the tribulation. Then there is that pool to go back. I recall after I came to Christ at the age of 17, but I was still within the high school and the circle of friends that I was prior to my decision. And I can recall one time we went way out into the farm land of Delaware to somebody's uh, house, uh, one, of the, one of my classmates' houses, and uh, their parents were there. It was a party for everybody, a senior, like a senior finishing up the year graduation type party informally uh, sponsored by the parents. Everybody was invited. I, I didn't have a large class, but I'm going to say better than, uh, we had 90, I think we were just short of 99 uh, graduating from the public high school. 
And I would say that it was better than 40 or 50 showed up at this farmhouse. And the parents were there, and the, all the kids were coming in, strolling around, looking out at the cornfields and such. And it was way out there, you know, and uh, quiet, and some music came on. And suddenly I noticed that the parents got in the car and said, well, we'll see you later on tonight, and they left. And as soon as they left, I'm standing there, and I had, I had come to Christ. Oh, I had only been saved about maybe two weeks, three weeks. And the garage door opened, and unbeknownst to the parents, or maybe known to them, there, was, uh, there were two six-foot tables absolutely stocked with liquor. And I'm not talking about just beer. I'm talking about some hard stuff there. And I was stunned, and everybody moved as if it was all planned. And so the whole intent of this evening was to get soused, and I didn't know what to do because I'm at least 20 miles away from home, and I was brought by somebody else, uh, and, and, come in, and, and I didn't know what to do. And I'm looking around, and I'm not sure what to do. Uh, the parents are gone. Everybody else is moving in to get, and I'm just, I don't want to be part of this. And so the only thing I needed to do was to start walking. And so I started walking down this backcountry road in Delaware. I'm not even sure if I'm heading right to the town. I have an idea heading into town. And I was probably about two miles down uh, in, into town. And a pickup came up and then kind of uh, screeched next to me. And a fellow said, Brad, get in, get in. And it was another fellow. And I had uh, realized he had just come to Christ. And he had had a pretty bad background. And he says, come on in, let's get out of here. And I said, man, I'm so thankful, Mark, that you showed up here. And then he goes, we don't need any of this stuff and going on. So we left there. And, of course, there was problems later on. I don't know if the police were called. But there were some problems on that property that night. We were away from that. We would have been involved in that, in, in the problems there. So it was really something else when it says come out from them. I realized. And sometimes when we're involved in things, and then the question is from the Lord, are you going to come out of it? What do I do? Start walking. Start walking. And here, come out of her, my people, unless you take part in her sins, unless you share in her plagues. And when we look at this, they're being called out. You know, think of it. What was with Lot? Lot stayed, 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 and he lost everything. Okay? Come out of them. He had to be pulled out and kept hanging around and hanging around. May we not be in the hesitancy of Lot when it comes around to us. And these ones here, coming out and, and stepping away going away from them. Because why? What does it say here? Depart, you come out from them. Um, it, it, it tells you in this in Jeremiah chapter 51. I love the passages in Jeremiah. Jeremiah 51 verse 45. My people go out from the midst of her, of the wickedness. Let everybody, everyone deliver. Deliver himself. Deliver himself from what? Not only the sin, from the fierce anger of the Lord. So while all of this is going down, there might be somebody, indeed, the Bible has over 500 references to money, huge reference because money can take over somebody. It can pull them away from the faith. It can ruin churches. It can destroy ministries because of the desire for money. You and I have seen this many times. So when we see this starting to fall, there might be somebody just clinging on to money. Oh no, you want to, don't want to be part of her place. For her sins are heaped as high as heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. Look more than this. Pay her back as she herself has paid back others. Repay her double for her deeds. Mix a double portion for her in the cup that she mixed. Well, when we take a look at this, we realize 
it's saying, oh, God has remembered her sins. God has remembered her sins. And I'm so thankful when I see the, the reminders that when we have come to Christ, Jesus has taken care of our sins. I mean, think about this. First Peter chapter 3 and verse 18. Christ suffered once for sins, for all time, the just for the unjust. And as we come and take his invitation, we realize those sins were taken care of on the cross. We don't have to worry about trying to earn our way into holiness. We have now had that condemnation taken away, taken away from us, and we live in our love for the Lord and keeping everything that we do, 1 Corinthians 10, 31, whether therefore we eat or drink or whatever we do, we do to the glory of God because we're in thankfulness and we're also in praise and we want to be a shining testimony. What's it say? Hebrews 10, 10, the offering of Jesus was once for all. Romans 6, 10, he died to sin once for all. Hebrews 9, 28, he was offered once to bear the sins of many. Go to the next chapter. And then look in verse 12. He was offered one sacrifice for sins forever. And because of that, and when the invitation was given to you, Christian, you made the decision in direct contract to, contrast to what we see here, what happens? And I thank the Lord for this. He says, I won't remember your sin. Psalm 103, verse 12. I'll separate your sins from you as far as the east is from the west. Jeremiah 31, verse 34, I'll remember your sin no more. And then that's why we can say in Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14, forgetting those things which are behind, I press forward for the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Why? The old stuff passed away, Revelation 21, 4. The sins, that was the old order, that passed away. There's nothing in the new earth that will defile, Revelation 21 and verse 27. And it's reminded even in the prophecy in Isaiah 35, verses 8 and 9, the way of holiness, well, the, the unclean will not journey on it. That won't be there. It's, it's gone. It's gone. I will remember your sins no more. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 17, I will remember your sins no more. Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 12, I will show mercy, I will remember your sins no more. 1 Timothy 1.15, we all say this, Jesus Christ came to save sinners of whom I am chief. And when we came to him, he has a selective amnesia. I will not remember the sins. But what happens here? All of these prayers of the saints through the years. God, when is your justice? Revelation chapter 6. When, Lord, Will you have, he said, a little while longer, and you see it coming here. I will remember her sins no more. Her sins have reached, I will remember this one, the sins of Babylon, the sins of the affluent who have become agnostic or atheistic in this, will not go to me, follow another way. Her sins have reached as high as heaven. And that only tells us the magnitude of them, but also reminds us, if it's reaching, and we think, see this in a figurative sense, if it reaches up and gets within the view of heaven, well, God's going to see that and deal with it, too. Just as if an intruder came on your property. This is what's coming here. Heaping as high as heaven, and this is what we're seeing here. Render to her just as she rendered to you. Repay her double according to her works. This is, a, we, we see, this is an interesting thing. 
when we take a look in the Old Testament passages, you will find out that there is a law of restitution. And you'll see this, like, for example, in Exodus chapter 22. And it will tell you there are times when you pay something back double. They didn't incarcerate people like we would do today. But see, today, if I were to steal a car, I don't repay the person with two cars. Okay? It's a different type of a, of a judicial system. But back then, because the person might be needed to work, to take care of their family in, in a different way, well, then they're going to have this law of restitution. Well, this law, because it, it hurts them financially. Well, look at this. Worldwide punishment. You're going, the whole system is going to collapse. The thing that made you so powerful is now going to be taken away. Pay her back as she has paid others. If she has cheated, if the Babylonian system and those who are in it have taken from others, well then take twice as much from her. I think of Zacchaeus when he came and he says, I will restore in restitution two, three, four times as much to show my repentance. He was paying back willingly. These are not willing, but they're going to get repaid. Repay her double for her deeds, a double portion for her in the cup she mixed. In other words, the poison of suppression is now forced upon the poisoner. She glorified herself and she lived in luxury. Give her a like measure of torment and mourning. As much as she stood, it's, it's Nietzsche. Think of the, the Nietzsche uh, teaching of the ubermensch of the Superman, stepping on everybody, never regretting your decision. Well, in that same way, this is how many of these have risen to power. And what would happen? You're going to receive in like, like manner the way that you gave. And I think about this, and what I read when, when I was reading Nietzsche, and the one thing that drove him to distraction was these Christians who had compassion, cared about the weak, cared about the elderly, he said, you have nothing to do with this. Well, no wonder he had no belief in God whatsoever because he didn't want to know of one to whom he had to submit or answer. And we have no doubt now Nietzsche has faced that since he's left this life many, many years ago. We see this here. And as we continue on, we just see what will happen will happen quickly. For her, this reason, these plagues won't draw out. This is not going to be, well... There's a warning time. There's plenty of warnings. Because of this, it's all going to come in a day. These are going to come. It will be suddenly, one Bible scholar says, it's almost like a machine gun. Rapid fire with these plagues. I mean, could you imagine this? Your community is just getting over COVID. There's a measles outbreak. There's a chicken pox attacking the children. Or worse of all, as I was reading about in the 13 and 1400s, the Black Plague, which was taking 20 to 40% of the continent, and they would just keep rolling as soon as you came from one. This is what's happening here. Oh, there's been plenty of warning. God has warned numerous times, and there's been a, a knowledgeable ignoring of that, just like it says in Romans chapter 1. And in this, God is a God of justice. We are seeing this. And it strikes people where it hurts people the most, in many cases, the wallet. And I, that, that seems so, so trite when I say that. But think about it. This is the way so many people operate. Well, that will be taken away. There's more I can say. I see I'm out of time here. I want to thank you as we keep going into our study 
about God's justice. It's coming across here so many times. We see the truth of what happens. God is indeed. When somebody says, where's God's justice? You're reading about it right here. Taking down the things of rebellion. The spiritual rebellion. Here's the financial rebellion. We'll talk some more. God bless you. And Lord willing, we'll talk soon. In order for the Heaven Tour to continue fulfilling our mission, we humbly ask for your support. Your generosity allows us to continue to proclaim and explain the biblical truth of heaven and to mentor many. All eligible donations are tax deductible, so please prayerfully consider an end of year gift. You can send your gift to the Heaven Tour, P.O. Box 795 Pickens, South Carolina 29671. Thank you and have a blessed Thanksgiving.